Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watch the youth them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing today? Or this evening, I should say. I'm doing good. I mean, it's the off season. It's November, so... The dog yeah. days of winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even yeah. winter Base- really, but. <laughs> well, it, it, baseball's over and is kind of a quiet time of the year for us baseball fanatics. Uh, a lot of different news and notes to digest. Uh, little off-season moves here and there. Teams adjust their 40-man rosters and, and such. Um, we'll get into that with the Padres in a little bit, but let's first discuss uh, some coaching additions that were made to to the team um most notably our first off let's talk about matt stairs who was added to the coaching staff as the new hitting coach for the padres which is kind of a kiss of death as far as coaching comes in major league baseball uh will matt stairs have what it takes to get results from this team and will he be able to last in a padres uniform yeah i think it's pretty interesting i mean i, I was surprised when they fired zinter because I mean, sure, the offense wasn't doing very well, but with who you had in the lineup on a daily basis, it was kind of be expected. So um, I've always been of the mind that these type of coaches don't really have that much of an impact. I mean, sure, there's guys like Darren Balsley who you can see, like, there's a notable impact, and these guys can change the game, and they can change pitchers, but or, or hitters for that matter. But to me, I think hitting coaches are kind of... They're kind of just there, and I think they're easy to blame when things don't go well, and then they kind of don't get the credit when things do go well. So for me, it's kind of a hit-or-miss proposition of being a hitting coach, especially for a team like the Padres who are young, they're rebuilding. Um, As much as Petco's changed the way it's played over the last decade, I mean, it's still a pitcher's park. I mean, there's no doubting that. So it's going to be a challenge for Matt Sarris, but I'm glad to see someone new in there and – so far, I've liked everything he said. Um, I liked the work he did in Philly. There was quite a few hitters that seemed to do well under his tutelage, as much as you can say a hitting coach, I guess, affected their game in, in a substantial way. But um, at this point, I'm ready to see what he can do, and I'm hoping they can turn around. I mean, last year they were, I think, at the bottom of the league in on-base percentage and near the bottom of the league in walk rate. So those are two things that aren't going to fly, especially for a team that wants to turn around and start winning. Uh, you, you, need to, you need to walk, you need to get on base, and... I'm hoping Matt Stairs preaches more patience and they can cut down the strikeouts and have really just more competitive at-bats. I mean, there's just so many guys who just – a lot of times up there, you look at Hunter Renfro, you look at Will Myers, they're just not even competitive. I mean, they're swinging and missing at pitches outside the zone. They're swinging and missing, missing at pitches in the zone. I mean, it's just ugly a lot of times. So I'm hoping they can preach patience and Matt Stairs can uh, turn him around. I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Yeah, I think that – the most important thing is to just get quality at bats from from uh, the majority of the, of the hitters. Um, 
Will Myers, for instance, had had a you know a, a bad season, and I like the fact that Stairs' uh, first couple comments I heard from him uh, indicated that he was watching a lot of video on Matt on uh, Will Myers, and that's that's going to be beneficial. Uh, you know, I don't know how well he'll gel with him. You know, that's a different story, but I like the fact that he's already going after uh, an obvious part of of the team that needs to be addressed an obvious uh just you know i hate to just bash on myers but it just you know he is going to be the key to success for this team uh in the long run you are going to want a healthy productive myers especially in a couple years when you're going to be paying him uh the 20 25 million dollars that he's going to be owed so you know it remains to be seen what Matt Stairs will be able to do as far as coach. I, you know, I know he was productive with the Phillies and a lot of their young hitters. He's going to have the same situation here. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to wait and see. I, I was expecting a Hispanic coach, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that the Padres need a Hispanic influence somewhere on their bench to work with a, a Margot, uh, a, a Cordero when he gets up, uh, Alan Cordoba, uh, Players like that, even uh, Tatis and, and players like that, obviously they can speak English and can communicate in English, but you want to surround these young players with uh, the different, you know, different types, different techniques of coaching. And, uh, you know, I expected a, a Hispanic coach to come in here at, at some point, and they hired Skip Schumacher to be the first base coach. So let's, uh, let's move into Schumacher, unless you have more to discuss about stairs. I mean, the last thing I really want to say on stairs is I hope that. <laughs> I mean, overall, I don't really care what he does for a majority of the lineup. I think it's really, for me, it's just focus on Will Myers and Hunter Renfro. Uh, those are the two guys I want to see fixed, if you can even say fixed. I mean, really the rest of the lineup, I think Manny Margot's fine. I mean, I'm sure he'll get some some points, some pointers and some tutelage from Stairs. But I think Stairs, I think, I think Renfro and Myers are really the two big projects. And, and even to an extent, Hedges as well. I think those are the three yeah, guys you should be yeah. really focusing on and trying to get those three turned around. But outside of that, I mean... There's not many okay, guys. so we, well, let's see. We're we're, we're talking about uh, all three right-handed hitters, and we're bringing in in a high leg kick left-handed home run hitter. So, you know, I I understand, you know, hitting isn't necessarily left-handed, right-handed, and it could be compared. But you know, is stairs really the type of player that we want to cultivate? I mean, it's it's just difficult to say. You know, it it depends on how he works individually with these players and whether or not the chemistry is there because you know you won't get to see that until it's actually done and i, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm a little skeptical on skate on stairs to be honest but we'll have to just wait and see yeah i think that kind of goes back to my point that i i don't know really how much um faith you can put in a hitting coach to really like turn a team around completely so i'm not yeah. really yeah i'm not really putting too much into him i mean if if he improves some of these hitters that's great if not i'm not really going to be uh, too harsh on him. I mean, through his career, Matt Stairs was just kind of the same player. I mean, pin, he, he obviously did a lot of pinch hitting. Um, he had a pretty solid walk rate most of his career. It seemed like pretty much every year he was over 10% walk rate. So his strikeout rates were pretty consistently under 20%. So I'm hoping he brings some of that patience to the Padres. Um, but yeah, I'm not really counting on too much changing overnight. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, I am yeah. more interested in Skip Schumacher because... Um, I'm not sure if this was Johnny Washington, the first base coach from last year, um, but the team really took a huge step back in terms of base running. I mean, in 2015, their BSR, according to Fangraphs, was near 25. Last year was only at, 
I think 7.2. So they took wow. a pretty that's a pretty significant fallback in base running. So that's 17 runs, meaning about I, if you want to if you want to call it like a, a almost two wins of of base running loss, basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you look at like a guy like Will Myers who always oh, going to steal 40 bases and hit 40 home runs or 30, 30, whatever you want to do, and he took a step back. I mean, there was really no great base runners on the team. I mean, overall. As a team, it's pretty much obvious how bad they were on the bases in 2017. Yeah. Um, guys like Will Myers, Ryan Shimp, Melvin Upton, John Jay, Jankowski, all these guys were good base runners, solid in 2016. And then you look at 2017, yeah. and there's really no one that stands out. I mean, Manny Margot was pretty solid. Corey Spangenberg had some pretty good speed and, and some instincts. But outside of that, I mean, Will Myers was – after having a pretty solid year the year before, he was a pretty average base runner, and pretty much everyone else was either at or below average. So it's kind of interesting to see the change, and I'm hoping Skip Schumacher changes something. I, I don't know what you really change on the base passes. I don't know if they're going to be more aggressive or if they're going to do more practice and making intelligent decisions. Because a lot of times you just saw guys not taking the extra base or getting caught on the bases. So um, it's going to be. I think I'm more interested in seeing how that plays out than I am about what Matt Stairs is going to do for the majority of hitters. I think, like I said, his focus is going to be on that small group of guys, and if he can turn them around, that's great. But I think base running is something that really needs to improve. I mean, last year it just took such a significant step back that um, that's really not going to be beneficial long-term if they can't turn that around. Yeah, the base running is going to happen. They're going to have to to manufacture runs uh, somehow. And, uh, you know, Jankowski's, foot got injured early in april uh he was a big loss over over 2016 uh you would think that having margot uh on the team last year uh, as opposed to not having him on 2016 would kind of even out those numbers i understand will myers was was uh, really down in his stolen base numbers but ultimately the just the aggressiveness uh just wasn't shown from this team on a daily basis and We'll have to wait and see what what Schumacher brings to the table as far as that's concerned. I'm sure that Andy Green is going to want to see this team uh, manufacture runs and and move around the bases a little more frequently than than they did in 2017. Um, Let's move into some player uh, news and notes and and some player roster moves that were made. Uh, Let's start off with Jared Kosar and Christian Friedrich that were both uh, allowed to leave. Uh, Basically... You know, both pitchers had had health issues. Uh, Kosar was due to make 1.3 million in arbitration this year. Uh, Friedrich was uh, due to make around 1.8. Uh, I think it was pretty much a no-brainer to to allow both pitchers to walk. Uh, give me your your thoughts on uh, both of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that neither guy was really. I mean, I guess it's harsh to say neither guy was worth the money that they were projected to earn in arbitration. But I think that's pretty frank. And I think the Potters would obviously be interested in signing both back, but with those prices, it just doesn't seem necessary at this point. With At this point, there's just so many arms the Potters have, and, and I know none of them are really like super inspiring. I mean, you have Luis Perdoma and Denelson Lamette, who are probably the, the two ones coming back, and then you got Clayton Richard obviously come back. Maybe Chessine comes back. Um, but outside of those guys, there's just so many other like kind of – options hanging around. I mean, we're, we're going to get to talking more about Colin Ray and uh, Robbie Erlin a little later, but yeah, both those guys are also in the fray and you have, a, 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 there's a lot of buy low sort of candidates on the market. I mean, that's what Potters last year, they signed Weaver, Chassin, Richard, um, Cahill, obviously. So 
I think they're going to go that route more, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if neither Kosart or Friedrich um, end up back with the team. I think both guys could end up elsewhere. I, I mean, both had their chance with the Potters, and both weren't really too inspiring in their most recent stint. So, um, I, I mean, I wish both guys the best, but at this point, I think it makes sense why the team did what they did. And now they've cleared some roster space, so there's only 38 now in the 40-man roster, so they have a few open spots. So once they start moving, doing some dealing, some moving and shaking, um, they got some, some flexibility there. Yeah, there's uh, other moves that were made today as uh, Corey Mazzoni was – Remarkably claimed by the Chicago Cubs Remarkably. for some. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I can't justify why they would claim him, but they did. Uh, and Hector Sanchez uh, elected for free agency, which was a little bit of a surprise considering that our site ran a PNO segment on him today uh, for his positives, negatives, and outlook. Uh, he is now free agent. Uh, the switch hitting catcher. Is still relatively young. I believe he's 27. Uh, so, you know, it comes as a, as a surprise that the Padres would allow him to to walk. But at the same time, I, you know, in this day and age, you do what's best for the player. And I'm sure they built a, a good relationship with Hector Sanchez and wish him the best. And, and, and you know, he has the opportunity to perhaps catch on somewhere and be an everyday catcher. He obviously was not going to do that uh, here in San Diego. Um, give me your your thoughts on Sanchez and on the Mazzoni claim, which was uh, just unusual, I guess I should say. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't too surprised that um, Tim Melville was let go. I mean, he's got a really boring name, and I, that pretty much describes him as a pitcher as well. I mean, he's not really too flashy or exciting. He's kind of just kind of just there, I guess. I know it sounds kind of mean, but um, yeah, so yeah, he was nothing. Yeah, yeah. So he was he wasn't really a. a I mean, they cleaned him off waivers just because he an extra guy. Just yeah, I mean, extra... the, the twins let him go, and the twins need pitching. So yeah, that, I mean, that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, as for Mazzoni, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not surprised. Mazzoni's still only 28 years old. Um, he was he was electric in AAA. I mean, How old is Mazzoni? 28. Okay. Um, well, well he, that's, he, was former, I mean... he was a former second round pick, and he was really good last year in Triple I mean, he struck out thirty one guys in twenty innings, which yeah. is three walks. I mean, sure, the the major league numbers are ugly and like, ugly, ugly in the last couple of years. But he was just coming back from an injury. Um, he pitched well in Triple A. Uh, I'm rooting for the guy. I, I w- wish no ill on him. I, I know he was awful when he was up in the big leagues, but I mean, he was just he was on board with the tank. So what are you gonna do? Um, as for Hector Sanchez, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back with the team. I mean, he, he's a guy who I don't see him really as a starter anywhere else. I don't think there's any team that really sees him as a starter. I mean, maybe he gets that opportunity, but I still think he ends up back with the, with the uh, Padres as a backup. Um, if not, I think they're, they either, they either look for another backup or maybe they just roll with Rocky Gale. I mean, Rocky whoa, Gale's, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Rocky Gale's been here so long. I mean, why not, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd still like to see a left-handed option. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's, a, that's to... definitely something they should be considering um, in free agency. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if if nothing comes up and and Rocky Gale's still there, they might as well just roll with him. Although yeah. he might he might also be due for free agency. I'm not sure on that one. I was just going to yeah. check on that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you you you're you're probably correct. Sanchez probably does have an opportunity to come back, but I I think that. Some teams will kick the tires on him because he is a switch hitter and he's shown some decent pop. Um, you know, potentially as a, as a catcher, DH type 
for an American League team. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but at this point, he's not a, a high priority for the team. So they want some roster space. They want some 40-man roster space because I believe AJ is about to do some moving and shaking. Um, well, yeah. at least we can hope that, right, Patrick? Yeah, I hope so. Well, we also we, – it's been a while since we podcasted, so we missed a couple other moves. I mean, Jose Valdez elected free agency – Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Quackenbush is now a free agent. Dusty Coleman and Chase Darno are also free agents. So, uh, mm-hmm. none, not a, not a bunch of inspire inspiring guys. But maybe they bring back Dusty Coleman to be the shortstop. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Outside of that, I mean, n- nothing too exciting in the uh, free agent front so far. It's been it's been pretty quiet. But now that the uh, qualifying offers are all in. Uh, I think it'll start to pick up here. Uh, Definitely. Any, but I guess before we get back to the Padres and, and further news, any qualifying offers that surprised you this year? Um, not sure not if you've off, had a chance to look at them all. I, I saw. I briefly saw a couple of them. Uh, Cosart was was offered one by the Reds, correct? I don't think he was. No. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I really didn't see. I thought I had saw something on him. Um, I think they. I, don't, one. I think they decided against it. If I'm not mistaken, Santana from the Indians is a little bit of a surprise for me. I, I don't. I don't know. It, at this point, it's hard to gauge the market. Um, I mean, the qualifying offers now. I think 17.4 mil. So it's a pretty yeah pretty steep at this point. It is. It is. Yeah, it's tough. I, I don't know. Santana off the top of my head was a, was a little bit of a surprise for me. Here, there's the nine Indians. players. I'll read the list and we can okay. see if we want to discuss anyone. So Jake Arrieta, which is probably pretty obvious, he's going to get a big yeah. contract. Lorenzo Kane, which was sort of up in the air, but I think he'll get a pretty sizable contract. Alex Cobb, which I was sort of surprised. I mean, it makes sense from the Rays' perspective. They they're a team that always likes to get as much draft pick compensation as possible. Wade Davis from the Cubs got one, which I mean, maybe he even takes that. Greg Holland, yeah. kind of the same thing. Both both of those guys are a little older, had some injury history. Eric Hosmer, not a surprise. Lance Lynn, eh, not so much. Mike Moustakis, not a surprise. Carlos Santana, maybe a little surprised. But, yeah, I think overall, I mean, there's an argument to be made that all those guys deserved a qualifying offer. Or, I mean, it was mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was fair. And then you got, like, Zach Kozar, Andrew Kastner, and Logan Morrison. I think all were guys that were considered, but neither, none of those guys got one. Okay. Um I guess that's a good segue. You want to talk about Andrew Kashner? Ugh. He's elected free agency. Should, we can. Should we have a reunion? Yeah. Um, How about uh, Tyson Ross? Is he a more? I, I would. More I intriguing? would. Yes, I would. If I were to go for either one of those two, it would definitely be Ross. Although Ross is definitely way more of an injury concern. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm. I think Padre fans have seen all they have want to see from Andrew Kashner, and at this I, point, I still think he should be a reliever. Remember when I? I, 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 I do that too. Hard? I, I do too. I think that he has the ability I, to I be a top-notch setup I, man or even a closer. I don't know about closer because I think I still think he has some sort of um, issues mentally. Yeah, like, I don't want to say mental issues, but just he doesn't pitch well in big situations. So maybe as a seventh yeah. man or a seventh inning man, like a fireballer in the middle, of the, the middle of the inning, like the middle innings, I think that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, look what um, Morrow did this year for the Dodgers. Yeah, like Brandon Morrow is a great example of that a guy that had a lot of injuries, kept fizzling out, and then eventually, yep. which hey, I, I was saying he should be in the bullpen like two years ago when he was on the podcast. Yeah, it, so it, 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 yep, you're exactly. welcome, Dodgers. Um, yeah, but that worked out well. Um, yeah, so I, I think Kasher's still a guy. I still think that he's going to be a starter because teams want to dream on that potential with that fastball. But um, mm-hmm. I just don't see it ever clicking for him in that role. So I think 
eventually I think he gets moved to the bullpen, but we'll have to see how that plays out. But yeah, Tyson Ross is a guy I would definitely be interested in. Yes, uh, if, I, I, if it came I, to that, I think that he's a guy you could give. I mean, he loved playing in San Diego. That was that much yes, was clear. Yes. I think he was he was really upset when he had to when he kind of got thrown out of the curb a little bit because they didn't want to pay him the nine million. I've heard I've ta- I've heard from numerous Padre players on personal notes that they really loved Tyson Ross in the locker room. That he was a great teammate. He was someone that was there for them all the time. Someone they could communicate and talk to. Someone that was uh, just an epitome of what it needs to be a teammate. Now, but with that being said, I'm still very, very concerned about his health. Uh, the shoulder just doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, he had thoracic he, outlet he, surgery, which yes, has been known to ruin careers. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of honestly worse than Tommy John at this point because Tommy John they've gotten to the point where you can fix it and be fine. His mecha- mechanically, he he's not sound either. So I I'm concerned that whether or not he can come back and be healthy, what kind of production can you get from him long term? At this point, I would be surprised if he has a 200 uh, inning season in him, and, and that's a shame. You know, how much is that worth uh, to have a clubhouse leader and a potential? Uh, he's probably not even an ace anymore. You couldn't really even consider him that at this point. It's it's really a shame considering where he was a year and a half ago and how the Padres were rumored to be talking to Javi Baez from the Cubs for him to where he is now, uh, basically looking for a job. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm still intrigued by Ross Kashner. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of. I think we're in agreement it's, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's at this point the way the system where the Padres are built now, we want kind of want to move forward and and not backwards. And I think bringing in those type of players is a move backwards at this point, unless they're basically just given to you. And, and at that point, then they're worth a, the a, a flyer. But um, we'll just have to see. Uh, Tyler Chatwood is another one that's interesting. Let, let's let's discuss him. Go ahead and, and give me some thoughts on, on him. Um. For me, I, I really, I really like Tyler Chatwood. I think he's one of those, um, one of those like dark horse guys that kind of goes under the radar. And I mean, he pitched in Colorado, and he had ups and downs. Obviously, pitching in Colorado is 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 a, is a struggle. But I think he's a guy who can really put it together and, and have some success um, outside of that environment. And I think he might be a pretty good buy low sort of guy. I mean, he didn't have a great season last year, ERA around five. Um, I think there's going to be some teams that are interested in him, but. If the Padres can make an offer and get him for a, a good price, I think he'd be an interesting uh, kind of candidate to build up and, and maybe make a trade with. I mean, definitely, he's got lots of potential uh, uh, to me. And I think, yeah, you can throw in that that ballsy factor too as well, right? I mean, he what can what can ballsy do? Can he take him to that next level? Yeah, I mean, he's the guy I've been wanting to write about because he just he really intrigues me. I mean, he's always kind of intrigued me, and then mm-hmm. I mean, seeing him in Colorado, kind of he's always been there a little bit, so. I'm definitely looking looking forward to to seeing how this uh, off season is going to play out here. But I guess before we go any further, I wanted to just mention like that Carter Caps, Alex Dickerson, uh, yes, Colin yes. Ray, Robbie Erlin, all activated from the 60 day ADL. They're all put on the 40 man. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how that, those four come back. I mean, Ray and Erlin will, will obviously fight for fight for rotation spots. Uh, Dickerson should be in play in the outfield. Uh, I'm hoping Caps can recover a bit and mm-hmm. get forced again in the back of the bullpen. Um, going from that though, what are your thoughts on re-signing uh, Chasin or I mean, I even threw Trevor Trevor Cahill into our uh, agenda today because I thought that's an interesting name. I mean, he kind of fizzled out with the Royals at the end of the year, had some yeah. problems. But is that a guy you I, think I, they 
kind of ask about, or you think he goes elsewhere and, and gets some some money? To me, I think Cahill's hurt. I, I think his shoulders hurt. I, I, I said that before he was traded, and I still feel that way. He still hasn't had any kind of uh, surgery on it, any kind of uh, rehabilitation on it. I, he's got a shoulder injury, and I think it's pretty obvious. He going to Kansas City, he was not effective. I would stay away from him at this point. I think the Padres have pretty much washed their hands on him. Um, Jolice is another another story. I think that that's someone that they're definitely going to be interested in. I mean, the numbers at Peco were were remarkable. It's it's you know, again though, on the open market. When push comes to shove and uh, Jake Arrieta signed, it might be tough to compete with a, a American League East team that has a, a inkling and wants a, a fourth or fifth starter and throws him a multi-year deal. So it's going to be tough. I think if the Padres seriously want him, they need to uh, they need to attack now and they need to be aggressive and, and make him a decent offer because uh, the pitching market is pretty weak in, in the free agent market this year. So. A team is just going to get desperate and and going to sign him for a, a twenty one million three year contract or something like that, and that that's something that the Padres definitely don't want to do. That would be wild. I'm totally rooting for that now. Justine <laughs> <laughs> signs like a, a three year contract for like forty million. <laughs> hey, I said twenty one. You're. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm raising the stakes here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he needs a representation. I'm all on board for that. All right, so um, moving on. The last, I think, real big question here as free agency looms is who the hell is going to play shortstop? Yeah, yeah. And I mean that yeah. in the nicest way. Yeah. Um, I, I guess mean, one, Solarte is probably penciled in as the starter right now. If, if, if Honestly, the, I'd be fine with that. If, the, if there's nothing that comes up, I, I'm fine with just rolling with him. I mean, who who really cares? I mean, what, yeah, what's defensively, he wasn't horrible last year. Uh, yeah, he, he really wasn't, wasn't terrible. I mean, he wasn't good, but he was—he was above average in all defensive metric categories. I mean, it was a small sample size, but you know, do do it. I don't know. I mean, you know, you have names like uh, Alcides Escobar, uh, JJ Hardy, uh, uh, Amarista out there <laughs> in the free agent I put, market. I, I put him on our uh, agenda as a joke for for those who are. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Um, and then you got Jerks and Profar, who, God, if I'm not sick of hearing about him, he just—it's—I feel like every damn year his name comes up. Yeah, the the Rangers just hurry up. Need they need to deal him because his value is just—he is the most boring player that gets talked about constantly because he's just been so bad. And he's only 24 years old, so it's not like I'm like thinking he's never going to amount to anything. But yeah, but, but that only—it's it, 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 been like this for three years. It's been oh, yeah. he's only 21. He's only 22. And it's pretty, he's it's only pretty clear that <laughs> the Rangers want nothing to do with him. So it's like you yeah, just so trade just him. get rid of him. That, and I don't even know what his worth is. I think the the Padres could probably get away with. I don't know, maybe trading some intriguing pitcher like a maybe a, a upper minors guy or a bullpen arm. Um, yeah. I wouldn't trade uh, anything. Up, yeah. I, I wouldn't trade anything up too much value, but I think that there's there, there's definitely not a high asking price there. So I think if, if they really want to make the move, I mean, I think he only has I want to say like one or two years left of control. So it's not like yeah, he's exactly. a very controllable player. I mean, he, he's hit like I think two twenty over his career, over like seven hundred at bats. So it's not like he's setting the world on fire. I mean, he's pretty much all just prospect hype at this point that hasn't really panned yeah. out. So. He's I, I wouldn't be opposed to taking a chance on him, but it's got to be for the right price. Like, I mean, if it was like Travis Jankowski for him, I'd probably be like, sure, why not? But I, I wouldn't trade anything of value for him. Yeah, he's got two more years of ARB, and he's free agent uh, for the 2020 season. So, 
two yeah, more years and, and to he'll, control. And he, he'll be 25 next next baseball season. So. so it's not yeah, it's not like he's old. I mean, he's the same age as Renfro basically, and Renfro's really just getting up to the big leagues last year. So yeah, yeah, I, I think everyone's just intrigued because he had that great year in 2013, or well, not great year, but productive year in 2013, and he's the switch hitter. He was the number one rated prospect in all of baseball. I mean, the hype goes goes far in this game. It really does. And sometimes hype uh, overvalues actual production, and we've seen it ourselves. There's players that are hyped ridiculously, and then you see them on the field, and you're like, really? Uh, yeah. If the Padres were able to acquire him cheaply and have him compete for a starting shortstop job, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but and then again, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the savior, the the bridge to Tatis or to Urias or to whatever uh, the shortstop problem that the Padres have. So, and he 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 made over a million dollars last year too. So it's not, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's also interesting to note that at this point, it doesn't even look like they really need a stopgap for Tatis. I mean, if he starts the year in Double A and he plays well, there's a realistic chance he could be up by July. So. Yeah. At this point, I mean, I, you really don't right, need I, like a, a multi-year stopgap. I mean, really, if if you have like Eric Ibar for half a year and then you just dump him, or have uh, Alcides Escobar for half a year and then dump him, I mean, yeah. I, I think that's a more likely scenario than actually finding a one or two year replacement. I think it's more of a half year replacement, maybe maybe almost a full year. I think Tatis, I I, I think Tatis breaks the majors by September. If not a September call up, I think he's up by. July or August, even if the yeah, team's he, not he, competing, which they won't be, um, I think there's really no reason to hold him back if he's playing well. I mean, they might as well just see what they have, you know. Yeah, well, we'll it remains to be so. it remains to be seen what what they're going to do with him. I I still I still am holding out that they're going to they are going to take it easy on him. They've already progressed him farther than they than anyone imagined, and. You know he's had he's hitting under 250 in the in the Dominican Winter League right now. He's made a handful of errors at shortstop. There's still some concern right here, so I don't want Padre fans to think you know Tatis will be here in July and September, and you know for 20 years you're going to see him at shortstop. There's still some reason to be a little concerned. You know you can't take this uh, this beating that I've had my whole life of being a Padre fan out of me. I, I'm definitely going to be. <laughs> Be concerned and cautious when it comes to prospects and it comes to the future of this team. Fernando Tatis looks excellent, looks looks awesome, and I can't wait to see him. But I think ultimately the team's going to want to protect him, going to want to protect his rights as well. You, do you want him to come at at nineteen and then risk free agency at what twenty five, twenty six? You know, it, it's a fine line on uh, the the quiet side, the business side of, of baseball, and, and we'll have to wait and see. Um, what the Padres do with uh, their young stud at uh, at shortstop, who incidentally was ranked my number one prospect. Ooh, what a plug! <laughs> yeah, right, that's speaking of that, that's a good segue. Let's talk a little minors. I mean, we had Josh Naylor and Luis Arias representing in the AFL uh, Fall Stars game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had Fernando Tatis playing in the Winter League. I think Franchi Cordero is playing in Winter League. Quite a few other players in winter leagues around the world. I mean, you got some guys in the ABL, got some guys in Dominican Summer League, got some guys in Mexico, or Dominican Summer League, Dominican Winter League is what yeah. I meant. I uh, got some Venezuela, got some guys in Mexico. So uh, you've been writing those daily pieces. Uh, anyone you want to highlight or, or point out while we're talking? 
Uh, Eric Yardley's been pretty remarkable in the Dominican League. Uh, he had one minor hiccup uh, where he blew a game uh, last week, but he, that was his only run allowed so far. His ERA is at about uh, 0.71, I believe, in about 13 innings pitched, about 10 10 starts or 10 appearances. Why is uh, Eric Yardley pitching in the Dominican League? That's wild. Uh, I think, believe it's the Venezuelan League. I said oh, Dominican, Venezuelan? but I believe he's. Oh, okay. Said, well, same Either difference. Way. I mean, that's wild. <laughs> he, 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 I've talked to him. He's, he's enjoying his time there. Uh, he's enjoying the experience. I think that that's vital for, for young players and young pitchers in particular to go down and, and experience a hostile environment somewhere that they're not comfortable and kind of emulate what it's like to be a major league pitcher. And he's definitely succeeding. Uh, Fernando Perez, uh, young middle, uh, young uh, corner infielder, uh, local kid out of uh, Otay Ranch High School here in San Diego, uh, was demoted last year uh, when Josh Naylor was promoted to Double A. But he's been hitting about three seventy, three eighty in the Mexican League. Uh, I know it's the Mexican League, but he's still been uh, featured on my post basically every day with a you know a two for three, two for four day every day. He's been uh, very productive. Uh, Franchi Cordero has been playing well, uh, batting third. Uh, strikeout rate is is still uh, up there, but he has cut it down a little bit. Um, it, it's it's interesting to see a lot of these young players. Uh, the Australian Winter League is going to be starting up next week. Uh, Buddy Reed, Gabriel Arias, uh, Lake Batcher are all going to be there uh, in that league. So there's uh, definitely going to be plenty of prospects out playing, uh, even when the Padres are off. Uh, plenty of uh, time to evaluate them and uh, plenty of time to, to get some Padre baseball in. Yeah, I see. Uh, Luis Luis Trans is doing pretty solid. Uh, obviously, Luis yes, Arias. Terenz has been playing every single day. It seems like, and yeah. uh, I, he leads all of the uh, Padres uh, prospects in that bat. So it's good to see him kind of make up I mean, for sitting on needs. the bench. Yeah. He, yes, he needs exactly. Time and you got exactly, Luis Luis Arias got a four sixty on base percentage, and he's actually yeah. slugging. He's got a five fourteen slugging. He's had three doubles, two triples. He obviously hit that that moonshot home run in the uh, Fall Stars game. So yeah, good to see him kind of pushing himself back into the conversation. I mean, he kind of has gone overlooked a bit because he struggled this year, and obviously Fernando Tatis kind of set the world on fire, but mm-hmm, uh, it's good mm-hmm. to see him kind of coming back. Jerry Keels looks solid. Uh, who else we got? TJ Weirs looks solid. Obviously, you said Eric Yardley's been, been really good. So, yeah, yeah lot, lots of guys pitching and, and hitting, hitting and playing every day, and it's, it's good to see these guys getting the time. Definitely, yeah, and a lot of productive productive young players for the most part. Uh, you know, the, the AFL, uh, the Padres had a lot of representation in the AFL. Franmil Reyes was one player in particular that uh, was on that roster. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get a lot here. He hasn't gotten a lot of playing time so far. Um, that's someone who I'd like to see a little more playing time from, but, you know, it's tough when the squads are made up of a, a jumble of, of rosters like they are. Uh Andres Munoz is another player in the AFL who I'd like to see a lot uh, more from, but he's only been limited to about five innings so far. So it's it's just fun to see these young guys actually going out there and participating uh, when most of their teammates are you know out jet skiing and hunting and, and doing whatever golfing or whatever else. Yeah, it's good to see these guys continue to play well and into the fall, and it gives us something to watch as we uh, are bored without real baseball. So yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Anything else, Patrick? I think um, you want to talk should... about uh, awards real quick before we uh, get out of here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got? Let's let's hit me with it. So uh, MLB announced their finalists for all their awards. Uh, I think the the results come next, starting next Monday. They do like each award gets a, its own day. So I believe they start Monday with. What goes first? I think Monday's Rookie of the Year. So let's talk Rookie of the Year. Um, obviously. 
in the American League, you have Aaron Judge. He's probably the obvious favorite. Andrew Benintendi and Trey Mancini. Um, I think it's Judge, right? Pretty obvious? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why, exactly. And then Rick well, here for the National League, we have Cody Bellinger, pretty obvious. Josh Bell, and then Paul DeJong. Obviously, Padre fans maybe were hoping for Manny Margot, but I think his injury took him out of enough time that he really didn't uh, have enough time to really get that back. Uh, Reese Hoskins, another one that maybe went a little overlooked. I mean, he only played 50 games, but he was arguably more valuable than uh, Josh Bell, so that's kind of interesting. I I think Cody Mm -hmm. Bellinger probably wins it, although uh, Paul DeJong or DeYoung, I don't know how you pronounce it, he had a pretty solid season as well. What what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think Bellinger's an easy cakewalk on that as well. Just uh, For the Padres, it's a shame that Margot came in a year where where Bellinger was just a monster at at first base. No. Uh, and then next Tuesday, we got Manager of the Year. For the NL, it's pretty much the entire uh, NL West, except for Andy Green and Bruce Bochy. Uh, <laughs> Bud Black, Tori Lavulo, and Dave Roberts. I'd have to go with Tori Lavulo, Lavulo, Lavulo of the Dimebacks. I mean, they went from a 69-win team to a 69-loss team, so they had a 24-game turnaround, which is pretty yeah. remarkable. Actually, sorry, 27-game turnaround, which is pretty remarkable. So um, that's yeah. definitely, definitely interesting to see I, how, how well they played this year for sure if i would vote for lavello but i think roberts is going to win the award it's just that los angeles bias that's going to kick in no shut up <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry but that's just what's going to happen <laughs> uh al manager of the year we got terry francona aj hinge paul molitor um this is tough i i would say paul molitor because he turned a 59 win twins team into a playoff team are, are the votes are done before playoffs yes. right or are they Okay, but okay. at the same time, I think A.J. Hinch has such a solid year, and now that they won, it's like he's got narrative, although obviously that yeah. doesn't really count for much because they already voted. Uh, but I think probably Paul Molitor wins it, but I think yeah, he's going to three. Yeah. I would have to say Molitor. I mean, like you said, look at the, the, the Twins. I mean, can you name five twin players? I mean, can an average yeah. fan name five twin players? I mean, no, it's, probably not. It's probably it's I mean, their, their pitching remarkable. staff was probably worse than the Padres, arguably. At some time. Yeah, I mean, they might have had better results, but as far as uh, one through twelve, they <laughs> were pretty uh, pretty shaky. You have to you have to give it to him. You have to tip your cap to him, and um, he probably should win it. We'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. Again, I'm always skeptical about about these things. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. Definitely. All right, AL Cy Young. We got Luis Severino, New York; Chris Sale, Boston; and Corey Kluber, Cleveland. Uh, I'm gonna pick former Padre great Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That hurts, man. And El Cyan, we got Clayton Kershaw and two Nationals, Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer. Um, I'd probably go with Scherzer. I mean, Kershaw had an injury that took away part of the season. Um, Strasburg was solid, but I think I think Scherzer had the altogether better season. Yeah, I think that National League one is going to be going to be tight between Kershaw and Scherzer. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I want to say Scherzer, but I just have a gut feeling that Kershaw is going to get it for some reason. That's totally fair. All right, NL MVP, we got Paul Goldschmidt, Arizona, Giancarlo Stanton, Miami, and Joey Votto, Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to pick Votto. This guy's a machine. I mean, he had a, uh, I think he had like a 450 on base percentage for the year with 36 home runs, 100 RBIs, 106 runs. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like counting stats, but this guy did it all. I mean, he was one of the most effective offensive players in the game. I mean, I... I Excuse me. There's some of the narrative that, yeah, he played for a crappy team, and same thing with Stanton to an extent. So maybe Goldschmidt wins just based on that. But yeah, I, I think that I'm kind of surprised that neither Charlie Blackman or Nolan Arenado even got in the conversation. 
Um, but I think yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with true. any of the guys that did get in the conversation. So I, I, my, I vote, think, my vote's for Votto, but I think it could go any of the three ways. Yeah, I I, I kind of lean towards Goldsmith just because of the winning record type of thing, and I think a lot of time, a lot of people at the time that the voting happened were pretty enamored with with the Diamondbacks. Again, we'll have to wait and see. It could go. I, you know, I, I I could definitely see a case for Votto. I, he's He's the type of player that's going to need a recognition a recognition year, and, and perhaps this is his year for that recognition. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. He's been one of the, he's been arguably one of the best first basemen in baseball history, and he's just yeah kind of quietly been doing it in Cincinnati. Exactly. Kind exactly. Of sometimes sometimes a player like that just deserves uh, uh, an award like this in a year where where no one's really established themselves. So you know it could be his his time. Definitely, and then AL MVP has been the hot topic that's been discussed for really months. I mean, you had the Yankees and Astros playing each other in the playoffs that kind of fueled the conversation. So obviously Aaron Judge, Jose Altuve, and then Jose Ramirez of Cleveland. Um, no offense to Jose Ramirez, but I think it's really a two-horse race. Yeah. Um, I, I lean towards Altuve because he had a more consistent year. Obviously Judge had higher highs, but at the same time Judge had lower lows, and he kind of yes. slumped for a few months there. So I think Altuve yeah. was pretty consistent month in and month out. So I'd have to go with Altuve, and I think he's another guy that – he really deserves recognition. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball for pretty much four years straight, yeah, uh, give or take. Yeah. And I, I think he deserves that recognition. And, and I think Judge is going to be back there. He's going to have another chance. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm on Altuve's bandwagon right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, the voters are are, are normal guys, uh, and I think they're enamored with the fact that Jose Altuve has had the season that he has. I think that the fact he should be the – Runaway vote getter in, in the MVP. Uh, Judge is, is just establishing his career, and he his time will come. So I think the rookie of the year in, in itself should be enough of a accomplishment for him uh, on the 2017 season. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. All right, well, look at us. We just we just went through all the awards. We did it. Yay! So one day one day we'll have Padres on there. Fernando somewhere. Tatis, Mackenzie Gore, MVP oh, yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Bold exactly. predictions. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day. Um, it's a pretty quiet time of the year, uh, but winter league. Uh, the winter leagues are going. Uh, the winter meetings are. When are they, Patrick? Are they about a month away? Yeah, I, think it's I, like I read the first what, week of December. Yeah, I had read the date, but I think we're about three, four weeks away. Probably about four weeks away. Uh, December tenth um, through fourteen at the Walt Disney okay. World Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida. Nice. There you go. Well, there you go. Uh, about a month away, I'm sure that the Padres hot stove is already warming up as we speak. Uh, there's two uh, open spots on the 40-man roster, so it'll be interesting to see if the team delves into some free agents or makes a move or two. Um, there's definitely some uh, potential players to be traded by the Padres. There's a grip of middle infielders uh, that are not shortstops. <laughs> Uh, that can play second and third. Aswahi, Spangenberg, Solarte. Um, something's got to move there. So you would think one of those three is going to have to be moved at some point. Uh, Jankowski's an interesting option to possibly be dealt. Um, and then there's Brad Hand, who is a big uh, trade chip that the Padres could explore. So there's definitely going to be some moves made by this team. Uh, we will have to wait and see. Uh, I wouldn't expect Giancarlo Stanton, anyone, uh, any Padre fan, so don't even uh, think about that. Oh, um, come on, James. Don't ruin it. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm can sorry. We, can we just I, – I guess I missed this earlier. Can we just talk about how – dare I say the Padres actually are – the marketing's on track this year? I mean, I'm looking at their uh, 
their giveaways for this year, their themes. And I, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty solid compared to years past. I mean, you got Winefest uh, with a with a giveaway, Wine Stopper, Marvel Superhero Day, Comic Con Night with a hat, uh, Mother's Day with a little uh, looks like a purse for mom. Uh, Memorial Day hat, Star Wars night, Father's Day socks, Fourth of July hat, Christmas in July shirt, uh, Country night with little cowboy hats, Marvel Superhero yeah. Day, Wine Fest with little uh, glasses, another Marvel Hill Super. Apparently, it's like four Marvel Marvel uh, Superhero Days. Way yeah. back, way back Wednesday, where you get a uh, I don't know, I saw po- a Tony Gwynn shirt in there, right? A fanny pack, a Tony Gwynn shirt. Like I'll be going to the Tony Gwynn night. Yeah. Count me in. No, I, uh, it's NL champion yeah. rings, uh, a pennant. Uh, this is this is honestly, I'm kind of surprised that they seem like they're uh, trying to get together. Ooh, Hispanic heritage, just like a day of the Dio de los Huertos bobblehead. I want that. Yeah. yeah, there's there's definitely some things to look forward to. In, it's like they're in, in trying. The marketing. Maybe they were listening to us. <laughs> we talked enough. We talked enough smack that they're listening. <laughs> well, you know, I did have a meeting with Wayne for about an hour and a half uh, after our. Our uh, critique of their marketing department. So, what did, what did you tell? Were these ideas yours? Don't lie. Yeah, they're all mine. All every single one of them. Uh, you know, I, the check job. is in the mail from the Padres. Uh, you, you know, Wayne and I discussed. We talked about it for a long time. You know, I perhaps we should just get into this in another episode because it's going to take a while to discuss this. But the, the team's been uh, a train wreck on the field for ten, ten plus years. So, getting butts in the seat has been an issue. Uh, Wayne Portello's done an excellent job in that aspect of gaining uh, enthusiasm and interest of, of the team. Uh, I definitely commend him for that. But, you know, we've had other issues and other things that, you know, we discussed. So, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll save that for maybe episode 70 or 71. Uh, I think that uh, Padre fans will be interested to kind of know, um, you know, what our discussion was. Uh, for some reason, I never really talked about this. On that was about a month ago that uh, that uh, I said I mean, Wayne and we will, we will have a special guest on later this week, so maybe we can uh, bring up that conversation with him as well. Yeah, are we are we allowed to to announce our special guest or? Nah, let's keep it a secret. That'd be more okay. fun that way. All right, we've got a special Padres guest uh, coming in on uh, in the next coming days. Uh, I think a lot of people will be interested to hear what he has to say. He's a little. Uh, I don't want to say shy, but he's a little uh, reserved about uh, coming on a podcast and, and, and talking. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to talk to this uh, this gentleman and uh, bend his ear a little bit about the Padres, right? It definitely will. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, we are hosted on Podbean. You can find us there. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, give us a follow. You'll see all our new content. We're also on Apple Podcasts, obviously Stitcher, any podcast app you use. We're there. Google Play. Um, give us a follow on all those. Uh, give us a review on iTunes or the Apple Store. I don't even know if they call it iTunes anymore. I'm not yeah, hip. Apple Store. No, yeah, it's um, not iTunes. You know, whatever. Apple things. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're on Twitter, at EBT Podcast. Uh, I'm Patrick Brew 93 James is EBT underscore news, EBT underscore J. Clark. Uh, I've got a few other accounts you can follow us at. James tweets, like, all day long. Sometimes yeah. I feel like he doesn't actually work. He's just tweeting at work, but he He works. <laughs> he works. Um, go go uh go check out our GoFundMe page for a van, the, oh. pa- the Padre van. <laughs> we didn't even, we didn't even get into that. That's the, uh, the Padre van. That's so the great. EVD Padre van. If I had a couple grand trying. to blow, you know, I'd be there. Um, oh yeah, you and I both. But uh, anyway, yeah, that that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I hope someone buys it and, and makes good use of it. It's really really a cool 
a cool piece of my almost memorabilia really so yeah, i hope, being it, hope it's it 1969 it's it's pretty pretty nostalgic that's, that's pretty nice it's pretty nice yeah <laughs> this is episode 69 and that's pretty nice yeah. Um, there you go. We should yeah. have had the van for episode sixty nine and done the podcast in the van. Super nice. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, if we if we get that van, guys, we'll, we will record every podcast in the van from now on. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Yeah. Um, exactly. Anyway, yeah. So you can find us on all that. We'll be uh, posting away all summer here, summer, all winter here as we wait for yeah. more baseball. I don't even know what time of year it is. I'm lost. Yeah. Um, anyway, yep. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, oh, one uh, side note is the as my top 100 prospect list just dropped uh, this morning. Uh, if you want to check that out, uh, I know it's a long read. Uh, interesting to kind of hear about the depth in the Padres pro- in the Padres system. Uh, I little little, little uh, outline on about 105 different prospects in the Padres system. So check it out if it's you like can. Five million words long. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> twelve thousand words. Oh, uh, man. comes from the heart uh thank you so much jo- for jo- uh thank you so much for joining us uh like always if you have any questions or comments or concerns please let us know uh east village times podcast is signing out ebt is out here broadcasting ebt is out here podcasting question and answer james and patrick ask them question and answer james and patrick ask them Padres ebt podcast Padres ebt podcast